What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 62 of the Lombard Trucking Show. I'm your host, Michael Lombard, a.k.a. Lombard Trucking. And at time of recording, I'm coming at you live from Gallup, New Mexico. A little stop off the old historic Route 66. I'm making my way out west to Las Vegas, Nevada. I've got a boiler on board, and it's headed to a hospital. Got an awesome episode for you guys today. We're going to have a great conversation with a phenomenal human being, a young entrepreneur, uh, somebody who's he's got one of the best LinkedIn profiles I've ever come across. You know, <laughs> fire content. Uh, we're all about ship posting on LinkedIn here at the Lombard Trucking Show, and also a valuable member of our Lost Freight Discord. Which, by the way, uh, if you're in the logistics industry, you need to reach out and come join us to uh, talk and you know join this solid group. Because, uh, like I said on Twitter the other day, when it comes to logistics content and the freight networking. Don't come, you know, don't come trying to hang out with us when we turn coach, when we turn Matson into the next Coachella or Burning Man. Okay. But without any further delay, I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Ahmed Bakit. Hello. There he is. I got that right, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Perfect. Well, hey, man, welcome really to the show. Really hard to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I guess not. It goes along with the spelling, but I, I'm glad to have you here. So, um, What's your story, man? Ahmed, where, where are you from? What got you here? Walk us up from day one to, you know, yeah. what you're doing now. I guess, like, why I got into logistics is because um, I just wasn't – I was really, like, fascinated by how we can take something from Beacon to Beach. Like, my grandpa never went anywhere that his feet or his bike couldn't take him. And then, uh, you know, I when I was, like, six, going on seven, you know, I got lost in the airport, and they found me staring at all the planes, you know, uh, over in Khartoum, Sudan. Uh you know, fast forward a couple uh, a couple of years later, and uh, I'm working as a uh, as a you know, as a clerk in the local mailbox store. Uh, that's where I met my wife. I got married at 17. Uh, I got I enlisted in the Army Reserves. I was like, hey, you know, I, I, in the back of my head, I was like, I can't have my parents pay for like the third kid's college because they're already playing for my sisters. And then I enlisted, and uh, I went to college. Right so after I came back from training, I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah, so uh, I started working as a uh, as an area supervisor. Actually, as a uh, just for raw stores, and I got promoted to be an area supervisor over there. I was dealing with all the you know the 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 back office stuff, and you know all the trucks that were being delivered out. I made a lot of great friends who were truck drivers, and that's kind of how I got to meet truck drivers. But it wasn't until I uh, decided I went on to deployment and came back. I made a lot of money, and I decided, hey, look, I want to continue on with this. So I took a chance. Like Arizona is kind of, if you guys look at Arizona in a map, it's kind of like Afghanistan. I mean, it's landlocked. There's no water ports in or out. So there's a huge demand for inbound freight uh, into this area. And if you just know people who can get you out of here, that's a huge plus. So I took a risk and I decided to move to Phoenix and I applied for a job at Echo Global Logistics, which is honestly a great company to get your foot through the door with. They... They they really taught me. They taught me everything. Like, and they gave me. I think more than anything, they instead of giving me the knowledge, they gave me the confidence to kind of just get up and do this job. Um, my twins were born. I decided to leave. Uh, you know, they I have, tw- I have three boys. Um, my first was born in back in sixteen when I decided to move, and the other three, the other two were born uh, when I decided to leave Echo back in two thousand twenty. Um, oh, two thousand late two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it's right before the pandemic hit. Like I had, I made enough money to pay myself for like a couple of years. So I decided to just stay, hey, commit to my family, all right? Make my kid a really good kid, um, especially him being autistic and everything. I was like, I'm going to do the best I can for him. And then at the same time, you know, um, I always wanted to open up my own brokerage. The moment I figured out what a brokerage was, I was like, hey, this is the way to go. I don't want assets, right? Um, I, I came to find out that it's not a lack of like the, the biggest issue in transportation isn't drivers. It's not, it's not, you know, customers, it's not shippers. For me, it's a culture thing. It's a detachment from the actual culture, which is transportation, right? Like, or uh, like a lot of people like think of like, they're like, Oh yeah, it's a supply chain issue. Like they're not, they use this word loosely. Like supply chain means like a specific uh, notch in the supply chain. Logistics means like the whole thing, right? So it's 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 a it's your people don't have an understanding of the logistics culture here in America, which is much different than it is in China. Like we're decentralized. Everything is like we have uh, independent companies transporting our stuff. We should respect them as such, you know. But we expect them to operate like we would like you know a, a government facility, a, a government entity. 
you know, uh, and, and that, and that, that's a really like, that's really annoying to me. Like, I like, yeah. I, I like how you put it that way. That's uh, and we're, we're going to back up cause we got a lot to cover because you, you just threw a lot out there. That's some really <laughs> awesome, awesome shit. But I, I like what you said about that, how like our supply chain is very rare compared to the rest of the world, given oh, Europe yeah. is, you know, how big Europe is and it's connected by, yes, it's connected by rail and roads the same way as the U S however, it's different countries you're dealing with borders. And then China is basically, this means the supply chain is owned by the federal government. But I like what you said about that, because I talked about this briefly when it comes to the relationships businesses have in relation to conditions out there for drivers, where I was refused, where I can't even use a facilities bathroom because they don't let drivers use the bathroom. I'm not just a driver. I own a business. So it's yeah. like when you don't, so it's like, it's a business to business relationship. Would you, you know, if the, if an agent from, you know, uh, some, you know, this was a Dr. Pepper facility that did this. So if one, if somebody else from say, I don't know, wherever it could be any company that Dr. Pepper works with this, if a, if a member of their board walked in, would you refuse them the bathroom? I look at it the same way. So I'm, I'm glad you say that, but Hey, let's yeah. back up a little bit. Married at 17, man. Is yeah. you did yeah. in the U S you got married at 17 in the U S yeah, yeah, my mom signed the waiver. She signed me. She, she, I like to make the jokes. Like she gave me up to the army and and my wife at the same time. So. See, that's that is crazy. Now, is it just, so? You're originally from uh, Sudan, and yeah. is that just so the the age in which you got married? I'm I'm assuming now is that is that how it's done? Kind of in Sudan, people get married younger, have families. Oh, yeah. I mean, and not just that, but then you got to understand too. Like it's a culture thing, right? Like I mean, yeah, we we I say this a lot, but. Like, uh, like me being here in the U.S. dating isn't we, we don't date. Like I don't date. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna. T- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm a good guy. I'm not gonna take you out on a date without your sisters or your dad there. Like it doesn't work that way, right? Oh like, man, that's the the uh, the ultra trad listeners of this show. Yeah, are gonna respect I mean, this. They're gonna respect that, man. Love, but like it just it doesn't make sense. It it it, it, it never made sense to me, right? It, like for 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 other people, yeah, it makes sense. Like, like it's it's their it's what they do. It's how they operate. They don't get married till thirty. Yada yada yada. But for me, on the other hand, I'm the oldest son. There's kind of like an expectation there in my family. It's like my dad was like, "What are you doing? You can't just you can't just date a Muslim girl." And and, it, and this this is the way he said it too. It was like it's not even about you. It's about her family, right? Because you're not. This isn't oh, yeah. about yeah. This isn't about like you know providing her with security or something. It's providing her family with security and understanding that she's like she, her 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 reputation is gonna be maintained. If things don't don't work out between you two, you know, like it, she was a married woman at that point, you know, it's like you, she, it, it, it's a reputation thing, you know, and I recognize that as, at a very very young age, just because, again, you know, I came I came from Sudan, and we whenever I walked through the doors of my house, it was it was Sudan, you know, you don't like I, I walk outside, it's America, but I walk in through that door, I'm speaking Arabic, you know, I'm, yeah, that's it, there's, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm making my bed, I'm. I'm taking the trash out. I'm doing everything that like the kids, kids or young men are supposed to do. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I, I mean, I, I hate to say, you know, some people might disagree with this, but you know, I don't necessarily disagree with that lifestyle. I mean, that's how, I mean, there's an episode of the Sopranos. Tony Soprano says that outside it's 1999 in this house, it's 1953. Like that's just how it is. So you, so you and your wife, so this is more of a Islamic culture thing. Yeah. Like all together. That's it. So well, yeah, you don't just, yeah, the, 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 the don't just date things. I know, and I hate to, like I said, if this offends anybody, but I, I feel the same thing happens with uh, Indian friends, like Indian friends of mine. Same thing. They never had like multiple girlfriends or yeah. something. They, they just all of a sudden one day they were single and then, you know, they met, and then they ended up meeting somebody. And it's got a lot to do with their family. I mean, I can't I, I respect it. I don't think that marriages should be forced or anything. But you, it is true. that The old saying is, you know, you're not just marrying a person. You're marrying their family. Yeah, you know, and it, that, that shit is important. But that's cool, man. I re- respect respect to you having having a family and kids and you know and then yeah you joined the military what now what made you want to join the military was that just job security uh this guy named first sergeant william r allen uh he was the jrotc instructor and like uh, he just made a really good impression on me you know it was like he's like he was the guy i wanted to be you know i was like this guy has a really big chest he's really tall and he walks around and he knows exactly what he wants and he gets what he wants when he gets when he wants oh. Oh, so he's a like, prime prime recruiter. Yeah, yeah, and, and not a, he was just so disciplined, you know. Like, I mean, at the age of like fifty five, he was still out there running with us first thing in the morning. And so, like, I was like, that's who I want to be. Like, I I could be broke as hell, but I'm still not going to change who I am. Like, I'm going to still go on that run. I'm still going to go knock out those push ups, those pull ups, you know. So, 
having that discipline, I guess, like that's the, I admired it. I, I I thought it was I thought in one word it was beautiful. Like, you know, it's yeah. like that's a beautiful way to live. You know, it's, that's awesome. It's good. And it, and this is Air Force. And now at the time you're in this and you're in California, correct? No, th- uh, this was the Army. Yeah. So I went into the Army Reserves. Um, oh, Army Reserves. OK. Yeah. Uh, so I, my birthday was in September and then I enlisted in November. I got shipped out in June, and then um, ever since then, I was doing on, training on and off with the 639th. Um, I was I re-enlisted overseas actually for a couple more years, but then when I came back, I um, I, I had my kid, and things had changed. And I was like, "Hey guys, I have I have goals. I want to go knock this out because again, the, the drawdown is coming to an end." And my they gave me my commander was like, "Hey man, you did a great job. Here's a conditional release." Go into the uh, uh, IRR, the active ready reserve, and um, I, you know, moved down to Arizona. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, completely. To be honest, I had no plan. Like I bought my first house, I had zero plans, dude. I just showed up and tried to make it work, you know. And I, the only thing that motivated me was the fact that I knew that it would. Uh, honestly, I had no idea what the race were inbound to Arizona, but I just knew that it would be lucrative, right? I had no idea how lucrative it would be. Because right now it's like even now to this day it's still t- what, what eight to twelve hundred dollars to bring a dry van into Arizona about three fifty to send it out uh, from mm-hmm. Los Angeles right so that that just lets you know like the, what we're dealing with here you know Arizona's not going to change no Arizona's like this is really cool so what year did you get out of the army so you from you moved from California to okay so this is sixteen just so just so yeah. I can get a time frame, because the years keep going by. I'm not going to lie. When I say 10 years ago, it makes me think 20. It, when I say 10 years ago, like it makes me think of 2005, when in reality, that's that's not it. So I, I always like to track years and stuff. So this is 2016. No, this is awesome. And I'm glad you mentioned how about how you had no plan and you moved. This is a message that I've tried to put out on the show many times that people do need to leave their hometown. I've mentioned it to a friend of mine who he complains quite often how he'll never be able to own a house back up in the Northeast. And I'm like, you know, this that American dream is very much alive in the different parts of the country. You know, our families had to leave. My family had to leave Italy and they left fucking most, one of the most beautiful countries in the world for Waterbury, Connecticut, to be able to do things like provide for their family. So if you want to own a home, you might have to move. You know, you're going to stay in the same country, but you might have to move 600 miles away, guy. I, I mean, hey, I hate to break it to you, but that's just if you want to own a house. So I love that you you moved down to Phoenix, fucking jumped out parachute d-day no plan love, love, love that shit and you had and you came with a family that's another thing people yeah. always people think they people give up and people love finding excuses you look hard enough for an excuse you're always going to find one oh, like yeah. oh my family oh they, like it's it goes down and, and like the last one will always be well my family like there it'd be too much for my family and it's like well think about this you have every resource in the world at your disposable, you have a supercomputer in your in your shit. Meanwhile, you know my ancestors came on a ship to a place that they couldn't Google, place that they couldn't see the prices of anything, just a place they heard about with like you know twenty bucks, and they said, "Fuck it, it's that bad, we're gonna leave." So it's like that's what it takes if you want to move. But it, I love that. So you, you get into yeah. so the the army is what kind of got you keened in on logistics. Mm-hmm. You get a job at Echo. You do that, but now, but now you're out on your own. So what, what is it you're doing? You want to start a brokerage? What made yeah. you go? Yeah. What made you really want to kind of dive into what made you want it? Cause there's always a story of why a company driver wants to leave a company and go, you know, go do his own thing, whatever it may be. There's a million different reasons. So what, yeah. What's the kind of break it down? What got you away from echo in, into, you know, wanting to do, do this on your own? Cause it's, it seems tough to do a brokerage on your own. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, but not anymore. Um, and I'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, and why I left Echo? Well, I, when I went into Echo, I was I, I spoke to Brittany and um, and and Brian uh, and these guys. I was like, from my first interview, I was like, hey, I want to be a company owner. I want to own my own freight brokerage, and I want this to be my training. I want you guys to throw as much on me as you can. And, you know, so like I, they Echo absolutely knew about my intentions prior to this. You know, uh, they were basically training a competitor. That's kind of let you know the kind of company that they are. You know, they're just very very open right um and and their and their tech honestly their tech stack can't be replicated well it can now um but uh it, it, back in the day api connections were very like they're very rare you know it was just uh and i, I don't know they're not they weren't rare, rare they're just not weren't as common as they were now do you know what an api connection is i was gonna say yeah say for listeners at what api yeah. is. so like it, uh, an api connection is something that allows two websites to speak to each other um like uh, 
it's uh there's like a there's a term for it it's uh it's it's scaring me you're talking about two are you talking about two two computers talking to each other no two websites talking to each other so for example uh, my rose for example let's say my tms software and and um my pricing uh uh software or a website right both of these can like accidentally actually talk to each other send information back and forth what what echo did was they had you know a management software and a booking software and that, that spoke to each other and pushed information back and forth allowing for reps to uh provide excellent customer service to their customers and their carriers right so their carriers just got the best of the best, right? They got immediate service whenever they had an issue, whenever they wanted to get onboarded, and that's a that's a great like I guess a great example of like uh, of my business model and how I adopted that from Echo. But yeah, when I went to Echo, I immediately told them, "Hey, this is what I wanted to do." And then when I when it was time for me to leave, I really didn't expect to leave. Like I, I my twins were born, and then like I thought that I would get a lot more support in my personal life than I. Than I was getting, and I just thought it would be really unfair for me to take unpaid time off. It would be unfair to Echo that is for me to take un, unpaid time off and then not, you know, and, you know, while, to raise a family. It's like, yo, I should just pass off my book of business and make a graceful exit. So that's what I did, and it wasn't until like a year and four months uh, later that I decided to open up my own company uh, at that time. And um, and you know, a lot of people say why it's just it's just what I do. You know, I never I never considered anything else. I guess. You know, like I never, like I never thought about it uh, outside of like the fact that this is what I'm doing, like, you know, um, and then so my business model and why, like how I kind of set up, why it's a great time even now to open up a freight brokerage is because software is cheaper than it has ever been, right? Like 10, 20 years ago, TMS software was like as free as NTMS and that was all you're getting. Nowadays we have, you know, Rose Rocket, Thai TMS. We have, we have TMS softwares that, that, that big brokerages would, you know, that they uh, they had proprietary use to, we have it now as a single, you know, single man brokerage. For the that, not, for, but, sorry, for the not, for the non-tech crowd, you want to, you know, explain what a, a TMS. Yeah, you know, for what, sure. What transportation management software. For example, the Air Force would use Global Air Transportation Execution System, which allowed them to book things, um, you know, uh, multi, uh, that traveled across state and country lines. Uh, for us in the Army, we had TCAMs, Transportation Control Automated Information Management System, which allowed us to coordinate convoy moves uh, and things in theater and even out back here in continental United States, right? So it just allowed it, it's a way for us to speak to everybody that's involved in the supply chain uh, or, excuse me, in the logistics uh, world that we're in specifically. So, uh, yeah, uh, right now here in the States, like it's just become so much more robust for, for the civilians. Like, I, I, I'm just I'm just, I'm actually shocked every time I like I see a new TMS uh, software out that, that comes out. There's always something cool that comes along with it. Um, well, they're, they're all over mats, like at the Mid America Truck Show. I mean, those, they seem to, everybody always wants to be the, it, it, you know, and they come out of nowhere. They all want to make the, you know, these tech, you know, tech kids all want to come in with their heroic software that's going to save the supply chain. It's going to be the different. It's going to use AI and all this crap, and it's like. Some some of them are overcomplicating it, but on your side of things, the TMS is you know is valuable. And what is cool, like you said, is how affordable it is. That used to be a huge underwriting factor. Is if you want to go start your own brokerage, what you needed in startup costs, it was a it was a large bill of things you probably needed. And that TMS was a little bit more money. Now it's a little bit different. You're seeing more. There's more people like you showing up now than than ever. As they should. Yeah. yeah. As one hundred and twenty percent, and like. And so, like, I like to tell people that there's like six portions to like any good uh, business, and that's like I got I, you. You would understand this because you you've been in the service. So, like, you know, administration, security, plans and operations, supply, public relations, and uh, communication. Right? That's S one through S six. Right? So, mm -hmm. that, that, and that's what I like. I tell everybody, you know, how we onboard our care. How, yeah, how we that's onboard our care. Yeah, yeah, you. Well, every military guy watching this is gonna be like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Holy <laughs> shit, S one S. Yeah, you're goddamn it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how we onboard our customers, how we onboard our carriers, and how we onboard employees or uh, freelancers or everything has to be the same, right? That's our administration. Security is your cybersecurity in place. Is your physical security in place? Like, is it, 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 do you have your security in place protecting your customers' data? Point blank. Period. Right. Your plans and operations. What's your plan? What's your goal? And how are you going to get there? 
um, your supplies, what supplies do you actually need, right? If you make a, like a list of all this stuff, I'm pretty sure you can do it within a matter of five minutes. You know, public relations and public affairs, that's a lot to do with your, you know, your personal LinkedIn and what, or your Facebook or your Twitter. If you have, if you have gross stuff on there, take it off, <laughs> you know, like just it, it, public, public relations, a positive public relation, uh, rela relationship will, or outlook will allow you to disseminate information between your company and the public a lot quicker. Right. Mm -hmm. Like uh, people will reshare your stuff. People will actually read it and comment on it. And, and that allows you to push out information that, you know, these customers might need and, education right and then uh communication right like what what are you are you, do you have multiple avenues of communication for these people to reach out to you right like your cell phone work phone another work phone uh slack uh twitter you know all this stuff rolls into one department so that's kind of how i saw it how i viewed it in my head and how i just took care of everything within a matter of a week and then uh same time next week my tr a truck driver reached out to me and said hey dude i am moving this freight I don't want anybody else touching it. You're the only other person I know or I, I trust to get more truck drivers in here without taking business away from me. What can you do? And I was like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of everything you can't take care of. And then what about a bing, bada boom, I'm making money. Yeah, and that was your, and that was like your first, uh, that was like your first client basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moved everything from Texas back to California, which was super weird for me. Cause I didn't, I was like, why are you, everybody's moving out of California and you're moving back in and I was, Oh, you can't yeah. you can't tell customers anything, dude. <laughs> oh no, yeah, you can't tell them anything. So that's cool. Yeah. So so you you go out, you got your own thing going now. So what's you know, you, and obviously you've grown. You're, you're self sustaining on your own. What's yeah? What's your day to day? Go into like what is you? Yeah, you know cool. what's what's your work schedule like? Like because there there might be somebody listening right now who's interested in going your route. What's your what? Yeah, what's your day? What's your day to day? What are you doing? What are you are you trying to grow? What's what's the what's no. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm sure that. everybody. I'm sure everybody's trying to grow, but for me, my my day to day is spent calling carriers, because right, like, so like, I have to leverage the 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 market that I'm in, right? Right now, it's really really tough for carriers, so I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to reach out and start building connections with people who are willing to, because like when it was really really good, certain carriers would not want to work with me, right? So I have to take this opportunity now to shore up those relationships. Yeah, sure, I might not be making any money, but I will be building a lot of great relationships with a lot of great carriers. And I mentioned this earlier, like a lot of guys would be like, hey, we don't work with brokers or we don't work with, uh, you know, and that goes for customers as well. Like a lot of truck drivers don't understand that there are customers out there who don't want to work with freight brokers. Right. And uh, when that happens, I'm like, hey, can I refer you to one of my truck drivers who runs in this lane? Right. Like usually it's a relationship carrier. The reason I do that is when they get more business and then whenever they end up going, I can probably end up reloading them over there. Um, there's going to be it. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people who are who are going to appreciate what you're saying about this, and this is stuff that, and I've mentioned it before. You know, Alex Hormozzi talks about this, about the art of giving, like how yeah, you're giving, like you're giving it for free. free. Yeah, and you're giving the game for free. Oh, you don't want to work with me? Perfect. Here's a here's a carrier that I know you could just contact me directly. Giving the game for free. That's yeah. that's very good. That's this carrier's already been vetted. I already ran him through Carrier Four One One. I already called his references. I have already uh, signed him up to MacroPoint tracking or whatever tracking that you guys might need. This is a great guy. Uh, I know his family. You know, I, I, I know JJ and, you know, all the other kids. Here you go. Have at it. Right. And so, like, with yeah. that said, uh, I build great relationships. That's what I'm that's what I do right now. And my day to day is spent uh, making great friends, you know, uh, and it's so much fun. It's so much. Fun. And I'm not going to lie. It's a lot funner than calling customers. That's for sure. Because these truck drivers are like my people. You know, we're from the salt. We're like, we like we're I, I, I a lot of people say, like, uh, I'm from the mud. Right. But I was I was raised in a in a manure processing farm in in Sudan. Like, I'm from the mud, dude. Like Kids are kids like me are like they're like fighting a war right now in, in Khartoum, like as we speak, you know? So like, I, I, I never really have bad days. Like, I always have kind of have a grin on my face. Uh, my dad calls it a shit eating grin um, because I just, I'm so appreciative of everything that I have, you know, like, and the worst case scenario, I don't get any customers, but I still have a lot of great carriers. Right. So then when the, when the market comes back up again and everybody's asking me, Hey, Ahmed, do you, or do you have a, do you have a truck? Or when I, when I'm, when I'm seeing those posts on LinkedIn, uh, on the wholesale distribution group, on the on the uh, warehousing groups, I'm going to be the one to be able to respond to them because I have capacity. I think I and man, this is this is really awesome, and I love that you 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 put that out there because that's that's something like that idea of perspective. Because we we talk about it a little bit in the Discord, we talk you know we talk about it online, 
uh, you you've come from you literally you literally said it. You come from shit. Like it was <laughs> yeah. a, a manure processing place. Like yeah. you know you're fr- you're from the shit. And it's yeah. like here you are with the biggest smile on your face. Like yeah, the you know it shit sucks. Yeah, the world's going. You know we're kind of you know people are in the gutter. And that perspective and shit, man. I, I tell you, you just put my whole stuff into perspective. I like I said before we got on here, I was on the phone with my wife, and you know for some reason our our mortgage is going up or whatever. And every time, and I grocery shop too, I eat healthy out here. And every time I go to the grocery shop, so I feel like I'm paying more. And I was talking on the phone. I was like, God damn it. I was like, I feel like, you know, I try to put good energy out there. I'm trying to build relationships. I do, I'm doing all this, the right thing. And man, and then it just comes back around where, Oh, I got to pay more money. And then I come on here and I talk to you and you're like, dude, my country, my actual home is in, is at war. And I grew up next to shit. And here you are fucking grinning ear to ear yeah. and not and, and talking about how much fun you're having talking to truck drivers, which is something I do on a daily basis, too, is talk to truck drivers. And I love all these relationships, too. So I, I, I got to point that out and lay that perspective out. I'm glad you laid it out there. And I think I got the title for the episode. And I'm not going to cut this out. I think the title of the episode is going to be that you're the you're the trucker's broker. That's what it's going to have to be, because you, you like building relationships with carriers. You seem to have a carrier first mentality with what you're well, going on it's, it's really easy to have i mean it's uh, considering how i was trained at echo they had a very carrier first mentality over there at least i don't want to say echo in, in total because i don't know all their departments but i can speak for the phoenix office over there like they were super carrier focused like do the right thing by your carrier sometimes even taking money out of their pocket to pay for certain carrier expenses so for me like i saw that example and i was like that's how it should be done like that's that's what that's the standard, right? So how do I beat that? Or matter of fact, not not even how do I do it different? How do I make it unique and how do I make it my own? Instead of being better, I like I want to be different, right? And um, I, I think the best way to the, the one thing that I did do early on was I started audio. Uh, well, it's in my name, audio documentation. I took all the audio and I ran it through AI prior to AI being a really big thing. Like I, I started using copy AI way before people started using <laughs> Chat GPT. But um, I started running all my audio and all the calls that I did through chat, uh, excuse me, through uh, uh, the different AIs that I was using at the time. And I got uh, and I analyzed them and I was like, hey, how do I do better? You know, how do how do I make this better? What do these people actually want? And uh, the one thing I did get was uh, like, uh, again, you know, uh, quick onboarding and offboarding. All right. Uh, they, they want secure payments uh, almost instantly. Uh, and. More than anything else, they uh, they want to be valued as human beings, treated like human beings, given the proper information uh, so that they can make a correct plan about their life. You know, because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, they're making plans around this load. No, they're not. They're making plans around their life, buddy. Their life, because that's their life. They're not, they're not, okay, you think they're going to Pennsylvania. No, they're going into one of the biggest crime infested areas in the United States. All right. They're not just going into Phoenix. They're going to the hottest place in the United States, right? They're not just going into Florida, they're going into a hurricane, dude. So like, we, we you just gotta like, you, it's perspective, right? Like you gotta understand what's going on over there. And I think that's really, really like a cool thing that I got from the army because we always had an S2 who gave us that, uh, or for those who don't know, S2 is their security personnel who gave us updates. Intel, religious, yeah. Yeah, the relig- yeah, Intel, who gave us religious information religiously about all the operations that we were dealing with. And even let us know about like, uh, uh, snipers on ground or something like that if they were there uh, for the guys that are being transported uh, through Afghanistan. But that was more for the 840s, uh, for the Afghan guys. I was in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. No, dude, this is this is awesome. I, I, I love that mentality. I, I love everything you said. And actually, to be crazy, uh, or th- this, uh, this isn't that crazy, but a lot of the carriers, and I'm sure you may know this, but I mean, a lot of the carriers out here are guys who own their small companies. I could tell you firsthand, I mean, I've met uh in, an insane amount of people from sudan like there's a lot of sudanese drivers and owner operators too who are out here running small businesses and i wonder i mean they're and they're and i could tell you from talking to them at because i meet them at shippers and receivers because i'll you know we'll talk i'll be like hey what, what'd you get this for where are you headed and you know and they they don't mince words on conversations they've had with brokers like they'll be like oh i called this one motherfucker and blah 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 and this guy stay away from this guy and we'll you know we'll talk about places that suck all the time and they're i mean i'd say you know they're just as you know good as anybody out here on the road when it comes to negotiating and they, and like you they're not even from here and they're and they're out here doing doing good work and that, that it's it's cool it's cool to see it 
it's cool to even see it being done on the other side, man. That's, that's well, awesome. I'm sure you probably work with some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the difference, like that kind of just gives you an idea of the difference between a regulated and an unregulated market. All right. Like we're unregulated. We can do like truck drivers can damn near do whatever they want outside of the DOT regulations. Right. Um, so for, for that, that kind of just shows you like the value in our market. There are people out in Serbia and Kuwait and, all these different countries who are working in our supply chain right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. People, people don't know that. And I've got some, I'm trying to line some people up so we could talk about that. Yeah. What people don't know. I, I was, there's a company I found out. I mean, their whole back office is in, yeah, is in Eastern Europe. Uh, who's a, and they're a larger carrier in the U S and you've got, yeah. I mean, we just found out recently that there are a bunch of carriers are registered in like one town in California, like 700 MCs are registered at the same address in California. And yeah, there's guys, yeah, Armenia, Serbia. Yeah, there's people dispatching and broker brokering, mm-hmm. double brokering from, from overseas. And it's because of that, and I, and because I think of the trucking recession, I think some of that, you know, some of that may come to light and there might be some things to change, but I don't know. I, I we talk a lot about broker transparency in the, in the discord and, I don't see it solving any issues. I see it being just another way that would end up screwing carriers over, but that's a whole different conversation, but kind of, kind of segueing a bit. You talked about trucking culture earlier. You, you know, you, we mentioned offline that you, you wanted to talk about some, you wanted to talk about some CEOs who uh, you seem to be pissed off. You seem to be pissed off at kind of like a corporate America culture. There's well, something, I mean, that's why, you know, that's, why, that's why people truck. That's why people truck. It's, it's, more, so, it's more so like a, a, just a, a deep, a deep frustration with just the, 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 the culture I, that's cut, that's emerging now in trucking. And that's always been there and prevalent within the workforce. And that's kind of like the, you the, think it's like, on, the, it's, yeah, it's on your softness. side of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it just in general, it's just this, the softness, this, like uh, this, like a, uh, uh, how can I put this? Like, uh, lay it out, lay it PC. out, man. It's a PC culture, and I, oh, okay, and, 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 it, and, it, and it makes things, it makes, it makes it difficult to do work, especially business to business, because if you're holding people, like, for example, you know, you can't, the, there are guys out there who are letting you know, who are like arguing in behalf, like, let's say you're you're a manufacturer uh, or an own and own an actual brand, and your brand is being shipped out to these, you know, consumers. These guys are. You know, there's a guy advocating for your brand in a warehouse right now. That's your VP of operations. That's your, that's your, you know, director of ops. He, he, this guy is, is is working his butt off in this warehouse, making sure that there are no overages and underages because one, you get charged for them, or two, you have to give out free product. You know, like, he, and he's making sure that these shipments are accurate. And then when he's when 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 he's telling you that this warehouse is actively messing up, that this warehouse is actively uh, uh, sabotaging your freight because they're one either too lazy or two two don't have the proper uh, training for their personnel, like, and you end up firing them, you know, be, you know, for one reason or the other, it, it doesn't make sense to me, you know, like, mm. like you we we have a we're we're building a habit where we're we're punishing the messenger instead of the actual message itself, you know, like or finding the root cause of the issue, and I think that that's not a good thing at all. Like, and I've seen that with three different companies so far, like, or, well, two, and then right now I've seen it with the third. Where yeah, break, break it out. So, so yeah, so what's the example? So what's going on? You don't have to leave, you can, you don't have to give company names or anything. Yeah, but yeah 100%. So, so like, you know, you got a VP of operations in a warehouse right now and they're, and they're getting, and they're dealing with all, you know, operational issues, overages, underages, damage, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, instead of blaming it on the driver immediately, he's going to go take actually look at the cameras. He records everything back and says, "Hey, we need to stop using this warehouse." You you terminate him and say, "Hey, this where you, you were talking crap. We don't like the way you were talking to this warehouse." Of course, you don't like the way the warehouse. The, of course, the warehouse doesn't like the way they're being talked to because they're actively messing up, right? So, like mm-hmm. you know, and, and that goes for anybody. If the for the driver as well, if you're going to come talk to the driver, you have to be straight and direct with them, saying, "Hey, this is where we messed up at. This is where we need you to do better," or you have to leave. You know, like this culture this pc culture doesn't do that you know it doesn't allow for that anymore and so for for me i'm saying like yeah we, we should be a little bit more direct with our with our business partners you know um and it's it, it, wasting their time is just the ultimate form of disrespect yeah i think i think passive aggressive that's the thing you, you what's what's so where this is coming from is 
and uh, and this is kind of on brand for me, but uh, uh, the invasion of of tech into the industry has brought this in because like so with the tech culture has come with it kind of this kind of passive passive aggressiveism because when you go to a company that has a you know when you go to like a, a regular corporate America company I don't know for example you know somebody who works in some office park somewhere, uh, you know, some company in Austin, Texas, something like that, you know, some tech company over there, when their culture starts to get involved in, uh, you know, a place like a warehouse, or a place like a trucking company, and they try to bring that over. And then these people are also leaders, and they're bringing it in that because pa- I know the exact passive aggressivism you're talking about. It's like you, you have you have one person screws up because of a miscommunication. And then you and then you have a leader who who like out of fear of I don't even fucking know blames it on like the wrong wrong person and it's because because corporate America ha- has this passive aggressiveism in it and that's why people like hate going to their jobs and their work because they like they know they they work so hard and they get blamed for somebody else's fuck ups and all this stuff or yeah you mentioned yeah. it like the Sunday blues or something like that yeah yeah the you know, Sunday scaries and stuff like that because yeah. people hate that like that part of the of the culture exactly what you described is starting to leak its way into parts of parts of like you know warehousing and stuff and into into these companies and it's just yeah it kind of doesn't fly with uh with with certain people especially even on the broker side people have been around brokeraging for you know 20 plus years and then on the carrier side like when you come in on that level like if they if you're not direct to the you know to these people to where the mistakes are and if you also don't own up to them then um you know, it, it just needs to change. There's no fucking hiding the hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no hiding the hot dog for sure. And you know, I, I, it, 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 off, off top of my head, you know, like, uh, it, it, I didn't really think about it. I didn't think about the tech culture bleeding into trucking and, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, and I'm not trying to say tech culture is soft. I'm not trying to like imply that they're less, I don't know, quote, quote, masculine or whatever it may be. Like, I'm just saying like in the back of my head, like, you know, it, like if, if I mess up somewhere, come and let me know. Pull me into the office and be like, "Hey, Med, this is what happened. We need you to fix it." Like if you sit there and try to sugarcoat it and waste my whole day trying to sugarcoat this thing, or even an hour in my day trying to sugarcoat an issue that I could fix within five minutes, I'm gonna be very, very upset. You know, like it, it, again, wasting wasting somebody's time is just the ultimate form of just, just disrespect. Did- Absolute disrespect. It's like, yeah, it's like, say, say you make a mistake and then uh, your, your boss recognizes that. And instead of addressing it, they go ahead and fix it. And then they come back to you and then, and then go and then break, and then they break it down. Like you're a fucking baby. And they're like, this is where, you know, and this, this is it. And they like, and they do it in this and they try to fucking, you know, yeah, they, they kind of sugarcoat it, but they, but but what they should do, what a real leader does is they find the mistake they go find you. They say, "Hey, I was just looking over this. Can you can you look over this with me again?" And then you're probably going to catch it. And then at that point, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And you learned something. You learned a lesson. I don't, that, that's just a leadership from from my point of view to kind of. Yeah, that's I mean, very like, broad. Field Manual twenty two six says uh, leadership is motivating others towards a common purpose or goal. You know. Period. Oh man, you you're breaking out the FMs. Yeah, and so like that, that's 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 what I that's what I learned at first, right? That's like it stuck with me. It's like motivate others towards a common purpose or goal. And my common purpose is to minimize costs, minimize excuse me, minimize my customers' costs by minimizing my costs, right? How do I minimize my costs by by setting up processes and procedures that are uh, automated and that are I, I can step away from, right? Like carrier vetting used to take me all day you know now with an auto desk set up i'm 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 in there you know like i'm I, I have a list of carriers at the end of my day instead of like running carriers and then finding people to call tomorrow i could just oh hey these are people i got to call today because this is what automatically comes up after i exported all the data so i mean and, and like here's the crazy thing i'm not even a computer guy like i wouldn't even consider myself a computer like literate individual, like uh, I mean, I'm 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 pretty. I, I worked. I used to work at Geek Squad, so I, I understood the basics of software. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I was but, gonna say, did you did you yeah did you go to college before any of this? Any any yeah any- yeah, but I just I couldn't do it anymore, man. Like I I, I still want to continue to go to college because we're like, I'm extremely competitive with my sisters, and she just got her uh her her masters in STEM education. So like 
I, I, I was like, you know, I got to go get something. I got to like do it. Like, you know, uh, my, my, my second older sister or my uh, elder sister is uh, she got her two, ma- she has two major economics and finance. So like, I, there's no reason for me not to go get a degree, especially right now since I have the, G, uh, the uh, GI bill. Oh yeah, dude. You definitely, you, GI and, bill is very valuable. I yeah, take, adva- I, take advantage of it. I, but again, you know, like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm just going to be studying supply chain, um, but I'm going to do a mass an MBA in like you know business, and so I was like, it's I already have it planned out in my head. I guess um, it it's it's just a matter of time, you know, uh, making sure that I get some right some good hires. I actually got my first freelancer this week, so um, they decided they were like, hey, dude, well, I'll work with you for equity, and I was like, well, snap, I can't ask for anything better than that, mm-hmm. so. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I too, you know, the way I take my business, it, it, when there's a way I can possibly get myself around more, I there's just something in me. Uh, you could say it's a chip on my shoulder that I, I also want to get my MBA too because I I still actually have like six months left to my GI Bill, and I can I talk to somebody over at uh, Texas A and M, and like they had told me they looked at my LinkedIn and like my resume, and they're like you'd be a fucking like a surefire in and part of me wants to get an MBA to as a chip on my shoulder because I like I don't know I just have it in me my kind of you know of somebody the bottom (laughs) we want to rub it in their faces dude we want to we want to we want to be like yeah we did it too (laughs) yeah throughout my life I've always been told that I can't do something or that I wasn't yeah I wasn't good enough to do it that's why you know it's why I joined the Marines and I told them you know I was told by some Marines was a bad idea. Same thing. I was told moving to Texas was a bad idea. I was told, you know, I was told, you know, my wife will never get a better job. Her job, not, she makes fucking more than me. So it's like <laughs> my whole life, in my whole life, I've, 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 I've had, I've been doubted by many. And so that's it. And I'm and like, and essentially since I moved to Texas, it's been, I don't want to say it's a revenge tour, but it's been more of a tour of me proving myself. I'm just trying to prove myself right. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm sure you've gone through that too. A lot of people have told you, oh, don't bother. Especially oh, yeah. having, especially, I mean, you have, yeah, you have a relative that's a woman in STEM and that's very admirable. I gotta, I gotta give it to her. That's, that's some, that's some dope shit. So yeah, I just got it in me to want to get my master's, but you got a freelancer now you're uh, yeah. So we, we talked about it before is growth on your mind. What's the future? What's the next five years looking like for, oh. what's the name of your company, by the way, we didn't even say that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's Adam name? logistics, uh, audio documentation, applied artificial management. Um, and so Adam, Adam yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's. I, I wasn't. I, I, it's. I, I was like, I have to be as literal as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, growth is on my mind, but I want to do something specific. Like, um, I, I did manage transportation. Uh, basically, like the whole time I was doing Adam Logistics, meaning I embedded myself into these companies and I managed all their whole transportation sector. What I want to do is something like uh, a little bit more in depth, more like more personal, where I would take a a, a supply chain associate. Or maybe even just one of their associates and just uh, onboard them as a uh, as a freight agent, technically, and then show them how to broker freight. So that way, this company gets a full blown understanding of the transportation culture. They can understand. They understand what brokers do, how we broker freight, uh, the carry, how we build carrier relationships and carrier vetting, uh, payment processors, uh, and yeah, that guy. You know, the whole the whole nine. I want them to. I want a company to save 1.2 to 1.5 million dollars working with me and then give me a great referral that's my next goal you know um that's my that's what i've been working on no that's that's awesome i think if you i think if you go that route it's only going to benefit you in more ways than one and And uh, but let's let's kind of (laughs) go Oh, and it would be oh, there you go. It's sell yourself. No, like I said, use this to market yourself, man. That's that's why I want. That's why I wanted you on here. If anybody's interested in this, free. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. If you're listening out there, if you're if you're working in tech or anything in the logistics, let's hit him up. Um, but like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on this because you also made another LinkedIn post about um about uh neat you know specializing in niches in freight and just you know the other day uh via freight waves and our, our friends over at what the truck. Uh, Dooner quoted the president of J.B. Hunt, uh, where she said, quote, that we are in a trucking recession similar to that that we have seen uh, in 2009. Uh, and so, you know, what, what's what's that looking like for you? You know, what are your thoughts on like the current the, the state of freight? I guess I know that I know I, I, that, that term I'm probably going to get sued for it. Freight waves might own it. But, you know, what's your what's your take on kind of what's going on throughout? I, I don't think I don't think this individual has missed any meals. 
Yeah, I just think who's that? that you you are the president of JB Hunt. Yeah, yeah, you just who yeah, the, the person at, at JB Hunt, whoever said that hasn't 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 missed many meals because if they understood trucking, they would understand that there are certain carriers who are been considered have considered this a recession since before the pandemic, right? Like since, even even when fr- when freight rates were great, they still were not getting these you know uh, rates because they were being leveraged. Um, brokers were leveraging them. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, like it, it just. And yeah, you, they, we can't blame anybody else because these carriers are their own entities. You know, again, it's it's your trucking company. It's your responsibility. You set your rates. This person hasn't missed any meals for sure. But again, we can't really say that we're in a recession until the third, right, of, the, of next month. Because that's when, you know, the uh, uh, Powell, the guy with the Federal Reserve is going to come out and let us know what, uh, you know, the reports say. If we're too... Quartz consecutive quarters and a decline, uh, then yeah, then sure, yeah, we're we're in a recession. But until that guy yeah. says so, we're not technically in a recession. And I, and at the same time, when you're a small carrier, I'm I'm not addressing big guys because big guys are just gonna look at me and they're gonna be like, oh, whatever, this this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. But to the smaller guys, all right, to you little ones out there, this doesn't change anything. This changes nothing. All right, there's still freight out there for you to move. There are still people out there who are willing to work with you. There are still people out there who are willing to refer you for absolutely free. And people out there who are just willing to get on the phone and talk to you, and they consider that a win. All right? Yeah. So this changes absolutely nothing. I'm I'm inclined I'm inclined to agree with that in a lot of ways. It's it, like there's a couple of different ways to look at it. And for for some carriers, I I, I feel for because uh, it has been unprecedented. But at, at the end of the day, um, like you said, it it the this is a time where you have to, if you are the owner of a small carrier, you have to go ahead and look at your, you look at how you underwrote your business, look at your expenses, and you definitely have to, these guys make have to make a plan because like you said, there are people who are willing to work with you. Guys like you are out there. I'm sure you want to give good for good freight to carriers. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's going to take, and I've talked about this with Reed, uh, or, you know, from Lost Freight on this, how much money do carriers spend in marketing literally zero dollars how much do carriers cold call you know people you know cold call shippers receivers whatever i mean there are you know for any sense of the means a small carrier could call a mulch distributor or a mulch wholesaler in their town and find out where the mulch is going and work with the direct shipper that way like they're kind of like how you establish relationships with carriers and here's the thing and i've said this before now, trucking overall is not for everyone, but it's for anyone. However, when it comes to being an owner-operator, not everybody out here needs to own a truck. Just the same way not everybody out there owns needs to own their own business. Like, There's yeah. a reason why not everyone's an entrepreneur. There's a reason why not everybody owns their own. Like people, a lot of people don't, a lot of people want to work for somebody like that's, that's what they want to, you know, yeah. want to do. That's, that's how the fucking, our whole society works. So not everyone needs to do it. A lot of people on the owner-operator side of things, they get a lot of people are out there. Truck drivers are out here because we are kind of rebellious. There's an outlaw in us that doesn't like the system, quote, even though the system does run us with e-logs and all this technology. But um, they and then they work for a company and then they have this idea in their head where they know owner operators have this have this, you know, genuine more freedom and then they don't have the business mindset with it. So I think you're right. So yeah, the, the CEO or the president of JB Hunt, she hasn't missed a fucking meal. I just saw fucking five, five BNSF fucking locomotives go back and forth next to where I'm stopped and they're loaded with JB Hunt uh, containers. So yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Other people are hurting. And I, I'll tell you what, the people I don't feel bad for are the motherfuckers who bought $250,000 trucks last summer and $80,000 dry van trailers uh, somehow thinking that that was going to work. And and I don't feel bad for them. uh, And I don't feel bad for the people who got a truck and got their own authority right away. um, Because like I I believe at the, the TIA conference in Orlando just the other day, they talked about how per day. Last year, there were eight, seven, eight hundred MCs being registered by the FMC per day. Sorry, but that you know eventually comes to a market saturation. Yeah, on, I mean, on yeah. your end, yeah, just a, it's a lot of unnecessary data to play with. That's all it is. Um, like it, it, it's and it, a lot of it is repeat information, double brokers. You know, that that's really what it, what it boils down to. You know, uh, you will just start seeing a lot of just fake scammers. Just scammers. I don't even want to say double brokers anymore. Let's just say scammers because double brokers is just, just like some people don't even know what that is. Like, 
like uh, a double broker is a carrier who doesn't have a broker authority who takes freight from a, uh, a broker and brokers it out to another carrier or they take it from a customer and still brokers it out without letting that customer know. Right. If you don't have the authority to broker freight, don't do it. You can actually a, a carrier can actually give freight to another carrier, you know, as long as they one have a broker authority and two, they cleared it with the broker that gave it to them. Right. So like everybody yeah. know is in the know, then boom, you're not double brokering. So it's just, it's, it's just scammers, right? Let's just it's, straight up scammers. Uh, and it's and so, it's crazy, it, and it's almost been normalized to to an extent. Like I remember when I was a company driver, and I think I've said this before. I want to go check in actually in in uh, Miami, Arizona, or or maybe it's Miami, uh, which is how uh, apparently Oklahomans say that's the right way to pronounce it. Regardless, I went to go pick up uh, some stuff there. I went to go check in. Oh, what's the carrier name? I, oh, R and R Solutions. And they're like, I'm sorry, you have the right pickup number, but the, the carry number is incorrect. I was like, well, what's the carrier number? Like maybe they have R&R packaging because that's what the, because the, their companies are in our solutions. Technically the DOT is registered, you know, under packaging. They're like, oh, I can't tell you. I go back, I call my dispatch. So like, he calls me back 20 minutes later. Oh, go say, you have to go say that you're US Express. And I was like, what? what, I, was like, what? I was like, I was like, wait a minute. So I'm going to get a bill of lading that says I'm US Express. I was like, so even as a company guy, if I get pulled into the fucking New Mexico port of entry and they see R&R fucking solutions, uh, DOT number, and that the bill of lading says U.S. Express, that's my, that's fucking my ass. Yeah. And then like customers don't realize how like that, how is that going to affect your freight? Right. Like, yeah. How is it going to affect your freight? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like at the end of the day, like, cause like, cause you know, let's just be real. Let's just be completely honest here. How many people care about the truck driver? You know? None. I, that's why I, I had that. I had a whole show about how nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> you know, I know, right? There's like it's a running theme, dude. It's so there. There's there's like a, there are like phrases in our industry that have been coined because nobody gives a damn about truck drivers, right? So like, and so yeah, let's just talk about what people actually do care about: the freight. What happens to that freight then? Huh? It's gonna get stuck at that. Uh, it's gonna get stuck wherever it's stuck. All right, and let, let let's pray to God that it gets to the receiver. You know, if not, just get offloaded into the lo nearest local warehouse, you know, or or get impounded while that, you know, while that uh, while that uh, driver's being run through the rigmarole, you know. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. God, that's it's it's really depressing too when we when we talk about that. When you're like, ah, I created a whole show because nobody cares about truck drivers. It's like it's like God, man. That's what makes me want to puke in my mouth a little bit, you know, like. These, these guys are like mothers and fathers who are like traveling the United the continents of the United States to deliver goods because you know that that they they have a dream to own their own business and support their own so maybe even support their own product right maybe they're pushing out their own product and bringing back somebody else's product you know like I, 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 yeah my 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 throat constricts like it's really tight just just talking about something like that like. Yeah, man, I, I I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that that level of emotion because I I have the it it tugs at my heartstrings too, especially when you like you have an app like TikTok and there, there's a there's a girl who made a video uh, and I'm trying to get her on. I she's re, she's messaged me back on Instagram. She had a video go viral recently uh, where you know she was she was in tears in the video and they were real tears uh, and you know and she's hardcore. She stays out like eight weeks, seven eight weeks voluntarily and. Uh, you know, and here she wants to go home and, you know, our company screws her over and stuff like that. And so like, yeah, pe people don't realize the, 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 um, I think the, the mental and physical sacrifice of, uh, you know, the, the three and a half million over the road drivers and shit, like you, like how you just described, like there is so much freight moving at any given time in this yeah. country. It's almost such an unfathomable thing to think about. And it's just like, uh, it's a, it's, there is such an out of sight, out of mind, disconnect i think the the american people have with you know the, the the entire logistics industry uh that goes unnoticed i mean me personally i, I like i think that if things continue as is um it's going to run it's going to become unsustainable even on the brokerage end if things keep going as is with the scammers like the more and more especially as the tech continues to advance we i talk about on the show all the time like if we let the tech run away advance we just let robots drive these trucks i mean we're leaving ourselves open to china and russia and national security and the trolley dilemma but not only that if we let the tech keep running as is on your side of things with brokers like you're talking about an endless level of you know, possibly scams, fraud, and, you know, where does oh, insurance yeah. come in claims? Like there's so much that that can happen if, and I'm not saying that, you know, 
they I'm not saying the government needs to come down with the same level of regulation on the brokering brokerage side of things as they do with motor carriers. But there needs to be, there there has to be some because like I think out of the entire FMCSA, like there's only like 15 people that oversee what goes on with brokering in the U.S. or something crazy like that. Like because I think brokering falls under the FMCSA, but it's like a fucking cunt hair worth a um, <laughs> yeah, any sort of, like yeah. There's she need a BMC yeah, bond. There's probably you know, that's it. Yeah, yeah it's it, like there's so much. Uh, there's no oversight of it, and I think if it continues as is, especially as I mean, just give AI and chat GPT and all this. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it used to be definitely worse. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure like in the '90s and stuff, it was way, way worse. Yeah, and horrible, if you talk yeah. to old school, yeah, it was de- especially when it's just phones, pay phones. Yeah, I, I can only imagine <laughs> now. Flip it, uh, you know, give Chat GPT, give AI a year. You know what? What does it look like on the broker side of things? But it's really crazy. But hey, man, we've been ripping it. Anything else you want to lay on the track? Yeah, I mean, Anything just a caveat of what you said, why I think why I think it's not – why you say it's going to be unsustainable, why I think it's going to be sustainable, why I think we're going to succeed um, is because as we get more of these fake DVs, we have more of these scammers in there, the value of who you are is going to skyrocket, right? Like if you say – if you are who you say you are and you have a proven track record of that and you have people who can refer that – like it's going to become more valuable than ever before. Right. And so uh, with that being said, we're going to start seeing a lot more people shoring together, start building a lot more tightly knit communities based around uh, our transportation needs and our, and our niches that we run. Right. Uh, And also at the same time, we're going to start seeing people who are partnering up with completely opposite niches, right? Like uh, people who run step deck and, uh, and, and refrigerated loads and they're going to start referring each customers to each other because that's just what we do right uh, yeah, transportation is just a referral based business why yeah we're going to succeed we're going to get past this uh because we are who we say we are right um and 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 nobody can take that away from us uh and 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 on top of all that that's that's a lot of what marketing is nowadays you know it, we, these guys are making it easier for us to succeed in a sense. I I actually that that's probably the, one the, a great place to leave it right there is that glass half full mentality you just had <laughs> on that you you proved me wrong like where uh, and I cuz honestly up, up until that you just said it I had never thought about it that way that you're right where as more of this bullshit comes out there and as more as more as more fake and like um you know, just be, yeah, as more as more fake bullshit keeps coming out there and keeps coming out on the seed and and like so when yeah, supply and demand when authenticity becomes scarce, yeah, it will go up. <laughs> and it's, it's it's the best, and that's and that's such a good that's such a great concept that I never even thought of. And you're right, as long as we can keep growing tight the communities that we're growing now, like we're doing in the Discord, as long yeah. as we can like these authentic relationships you're building with carriers and uh, with other customers, and then for carriers in the same way of of almost and this is on carriers to maintain their pathway to to let them know like hey keep being you keep staying strong like just keep just keep building relationships with people you know same way you always had and eventually that authenticity is gonna is gonna is gonna ring out so i i like i can appreciate that that optimism and yeah well i i'll I'll put some i'll put some money in that but before we before we sign off where can the people where can the people find you how can they support ahmed where can they find your social media anywhere yeah. or if they want your services whatever yeah i uh, just find me on linkedin uh, you can find my website adam logistics a-d-a-a-m logistics.com um you can reach out to me 520-340-7890 uh, a bakeets at uh, adam logistics.com um i'm yeah pretty easy to find like uh oh and again if anybody wants to take advantage of my referral program just send over your information i'll keep it documented and then if i find anything in your lane if you go you know uh, I'll, I'll make sure to refer you and to any customers that, you know, for example, don't want to do business with me. And uh, also for customers, too, if you guys want to save a lot of money on your transportation goods by understanding the transportation culture, by, you know, getting your hands really dirty and, you know, brokering your own freight, reach out to me. You know, I will get you signed up and uh, we'll, we'll get this going. Yeah, awesome. So if you want to join this referral program, you want to get, you know, down in the weeds in the logistics industry, this is your man. You can find him on LinkedIn. If you're on Spotify, you can. You can. This is on video, so his, and his name is up there. 
um, and you can find him that way. So definitely uh, reach out. And like I said, if you are in the logistics industry, or even if you're a farmer, like even if, if you work in a warehouse, if you're a lumper, no matter yeah. if you're somehow a link in the chain, if you're a fucking mailman, um, please, by any stretch of me, I, I had Justin from Freight Waves, who, who was a trucker for USPS. You'd be a mailman. Please, hey, come out, reach out to me. You know, you can find me anywhere at Lombard Trucking. Come in our Lost Freight Discord. We are, yeah, we are building a freight community that is full of uh, uh, young people who are very kind of entrepreneurial spirited who are we're giving each other information building relationships there's owner operators in there company drivers in there and we're, we're getting and this is this is because this is how insurance we make guys. things better be authentic yeah we got insurance guys in there too yeah and this is, and this is how we make ourselves better i needed that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see we're, we're and we're all helping each other out we've already helped each other out via this discord so come join us and uh once again uh to support the show Please uh, share this with a friend. Uh, we're trying to get these messages out there to as many truck drivers. So if you know a driver, you know anybody in logistics, send them their way. Um, dropping a five-star review on Spotify or Apple uh, really helps uh, get it out there because that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're just trying to get these stories and these messages um, out there, especially to drivers, just to keep this conversation going. Uh, and with that, thank you guys once again for listening. Ahmed, thanks for coming uh, coming on board again. We'll probably do it. We're, I'm going to have you on again eventually. We're going to talk about some more. We're going to go more into the weeds on PC culture and stuff because I can. That's yeah. an episode in itself where we can talk about uh, where we can go in on some yeah, of that. Right. Shit. I'd love to. <laughs> that's a no. That's a definitely another beast, man. Yeah, for sure. But thanks again for joining me. You guys know where to find Ahmed. And with that, guys, I'll catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>